Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I'd like to begin this morning with a question. What motivated you to come to church this morning? What motivated you to come to church this morning? Here's an experience that I've had, and perhaps you've had one similar to it as well. When I drive around town, I often pass by church signs inviting visitors to come. Now, I don't know about you, but I would find it hard or difficult to walk into a different church, especially by myself. But if I knew someone in that church, someone whom I respect, someone who has a heart, then it might be a different story. I might let my defenses down, and maybe, just maybe, I would be open to receiving and accepting that invitation to attend that church. So back to my opening question. What motivated you to come to church today? I think the beginning of that answer is the people. Our people. That is you. Today is LWML Sunday, and LWML stands for Lutheran Women's Missionary League. The LWML is an auxiliary of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod and has members throughout all of North America. As the word missionary in their name suggests, they sponsor mission work, mission efforts that reach around the world. They do that with their prayers, their mites, their small offerings that together help more and more people learn about the good news of what Jesus has done for them. For this LWML Sunday, I'd like for us to think about 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. And this is what it says. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the church, to the truth, excuse me, for a sincere brotherly love, Love one another earnestly from a pure heart. You know, they say that a picture is worth a thousand words. And you can picture today's sermon by looking at the logo for LWML Sunday. Our heart is in his hand. Think about a heart in a hand. Literally think about holding a heart a real heart in your hand. That's what a transplant surgeon does. He takes out the diseased heart with his hand and puts in a new heart. That's what God has done to you and to me. If you see the cross, you know that it represents Jesus dying for the forgiveness of our sins. And what does the drop of water represent? As I'm sure you well know, it stands for baptism. Baptism giving you a new heart, a pure heart with all the benefits of Christ's death and resurrection. Long ago, God promised to the prophet Ezekiel, as we heard in our Old Testament reading for today, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness and from all your idols I will cleanse you. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. 
That's from Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 25 and 26. God has kept His promise. And unlike a physical transplant that lasts for a few years, the new heart God gives you through baptism, it will live forever. Now, so that you don't think this is just routine church talk, let me pause here for a moment. Why did God give you and me this transplant? Why would He do that? Because I have within my heart thoughts and feelings, ideas and urges that are sinful. Things inside myself that are deep down that if they ever came out, I'd run myself right out of town out of embarrassment. And I think if you were honest with yourself, you know and realize that you have some of those things as well deep down inside your own heart that would shame you if others knew. My heart by nature is not pure and neither is yours. We were born in this world with original sin inherited from the sinners before us all the way back to Adam and Eve. And yet at the same time, we daily commit actual sins ourselves. Sooner or later, what's deep down is going to be known. The writer to the Hebrews chapter 4 verse 13 put it this way. No creature is hidden from his that is God's sight. But all are naked and exposed to the eyes of Him to whom we must give account. This sin inside us, original sin and the actual sins that we commit every day, that's the old Adam who continues in us. Yes, even in us who are forgiven. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving us. And yet still, this sin will continue in you and me until the day we die. When you go to the funeral home to pay your respects for someone who has passed away, that person before you is no longer sinning. When you die, you stop sinning. That's a wonderful mystery in baptism. Baptism brings us the forgiveness of Jesus Christ here and now. St. Paul put it this way in Romans chapter 6, verse 4. We were buried therefore with Him, that is Christ, by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And St. Peter describes it as a new birth when he wrote, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Baptism is your daily death and new birth. When a surgeon transplants a human heart, new physical life, comes to a fatally ill patient. And now God has given you a new heart, a pure heart. He's given you that newness of life. And with the life God gives you, you have love. You have His love. 
having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. There's two comments that I'd like to make about that. The first one deals with the first portion of that verse. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth. That sounds like you've made yourself pure by keeping the commandments. But that's not what Peter is talking about here. Peter is simply talking about faith. Our new heart, our new birth, makes us children of the Heavenly Father who trustingly look up to Him and want to live holy lives for His sake. Being pure before God is not our doing. It's all about grace. Remember that grace? God's riches at Christ's expense. And remember what St. Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. It's been given to you. The second point I'd like to make from this text is when Peter says faith is for sincere brotherly love. Please don't misunderstand. He's not excluding women here. In the New Testament, the word brother often means both men and women who believe in Jesus. So we could paraphrase it this way. Now that the cross of Jesus has come into your heart through baptism, love one another. Once again, the logo shows it so well. The cross comes through baptism into your heart, into my heart, into each one of our hearts. And each new purified heart is surrounded by an even much bigger heart. That's the church. A big-hearted place where all our hearts are together in our Lord's hand. A big-hearted place filled with love. At the beginning of this sermon, I asked what motivated you to come to church this morning. The beginning of the answer is, I think, the people. You, me, all of us here together. And as we experienced during the COVID crisis, we can hear the Word of God over the Internet. But being together in person, in the Word of God, that's the truest reason we come together. Together with one another, God gives us His Word. His Word of new birth, of life and love in Christ Jesus. Together we receive this transforming Word as we hear it, spoken and sung. As we receive it physically in baptism and in a few moments in the Lord's Supper. There are various reasons that we come to church. There are various reasons that we come here to worship. But we come to worship because here all our hearts are together. Not only together with one another, but most importantly, together with one another in His hand. When you think about it that way, there is something about worship that is different from our other groups or associations we have throughout the week. Maybe you belong to an organization or perhaps a service organization like Kiwanis or the Rotary Club. Maybe you belong to a veterans organization like the American Legion or the Veterans of Foreign Wars. 
Maybe you belong to a country club or a fitness club, or maybe you just like to hang out with friends. Those things are all well and good, but isn't there, shouldn't there be something different about being together here? Something uniquely special about being in fellowship with church members, baptized members who gather to hear God's word and receive our Lord's body and blood in the sacrament of the altar. That is what's unique about our coming together each week here in worship. It's here that God comes to us through His means of grace to make us big-hearted fellowship with His love. That's how we love one another earnestly from a pure heart. And that, I think, is the compelling reason that we come to church. And we are to love those who are outside the church too. Jesus is not content to hold only us in His hand. He reaches His hand out to others. When a leper met Jesus and begged to be healed, Jesus stretched out His hand and touched him. In Mark chapter 1, verse 41. When Jairus' daughter died, Jesus took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kume, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. And she had new life in Mark chapter 5, verse 41. When Peter tried to walk to Jesus on the water, he got scared and began to sink. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him in Matthew 14, verse 31. And Jesus took the little children in his arms and blessed them. Laying his hands on them from Mark 10, verse 16. Today, he reaches out his hand through you and me to those who don't yet know his life and love. To people who still have spiritually diseased hearts and desperately need the new heart that Jesus wants to give them. Remember when I mentioned those organizations outside the church? civic organizations, veterans groups, and the like. It is good when you are involved in those organizations. It's good because you have an invitation to extend to those people who have those struggles, their hurts, their hopes, their joys, those people who don't know Jesus. You're there because you have a heart, a new heart in His hand that is reaching out to others. I'd like to wrap up this morning with a quote from Martin Luther. What is meant by a pure heart is this. A pure heart is one that is watching and pondering what God says and replacing the world's ideas with the Word of God. This alone is pure before God. Yes, purity itself, which purifies everything that includes and touches. Therefore, though a common laborer, a shoemaker, or a blacksmith may be dirty and sooty or may smell because he's covered with dirt and pitch, still he may sit at home and think, My God has made me a man. He has given me my house, wife, and child, and has commanded me to love them and to support them with my work. Note that he is pondering the word of God in his heart. 
If he attains to the highest purity so that he also takes hold of the gospel and believes in Christ. Without this, that purity is impossible. Then he is pure completely, inwardly in his heart toward God and outwardly toward everything and everyone around him. I pray that describes each one of us, each one of you. Members of the LWML, Lutheran Women in Mission, thank you for your example and your encouragement. I hope we all take this logo home with us today to remember the transformation that forgiveness has brought into our hearts and lives through baptism. Coming together in worship, God makes us a big-hearted church that extends His love to everyone. So above all, keep loving one another earnestly. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, guard our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.